Shelly. Yes, Mary. We have a special guest today. Can I say who it is? You can. Leave it in Dan from Extension Audio. (laughs) (laughs) Dan's here. Dan's here. Hello. There's Dan. Nice to be with you. We're happy to have you, Dan. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Yeah, we just wanted to know what Dan was all about. Now, Dan, you go by Dan Fury, isn't that right? Oh my God, I never knew his last name. Well, that's not technically his last name, but that's the last name he's going with. (laughs) It's actually what I've gone with for the last 20 years or so. Oh, right on. Well, we're going to find out what that's all about. So why don't we uh, take a quick commercial break and then get into it? Let's do it. All right. Be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Latter-day Lesbian, the podcast about an ex-Mormon gay girl just trying to figure out her life. My name is Mary. My name is Shelly. And Dan, what's your name? My name is Dan Fury. Dan Fury. <laughs> I think there's a story there. I Wait, don't know. Maybe there's no story name? at all. Maybe it's really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's not totally boring, I don't Ooh. think. Okay. It kind of plays into how I chose my own identity outside of what I grew up in, which obviously has something to do with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You can call them the Mormons. That it's okay. church? Are you familiar? The so-called church. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's back up a little, though, and tell the listeners how we met. Yeah. So there's a website called Upwork. That's what I was using to connect to podcasters, mostly, who needed post-production services. So they would record their stuff, send it to me, and I would turn it into what they would publish. And I'd been doing that for a couple years, and I happened to come across something advertising a Latter-day Lesbian podcast, which immediately sounded to me like the job I should have. (laughs) The lesbian part, right? The lesbian part. (laughs) Absolutely. So I was about a year into my deep dive into Mormonism history that I just did not know before when I was a participating member. And we'll get to that, but it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. So I responded with an application. And by the time I sent it, I think it had already closed. And I was extremely disappointed, honestly. So I sent an email to the contact that I could find and said, I know that you've already picked somebody for this job, but this is who I am and what I do and where I come from. And I think it would be great. So if it doesn't work out with whoever you picked, please let me know. Right. And it didn't. It didn't. I had been auditioning, wow, I think all told uh, about 10 different audio editors. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you just sort of have this signature sound that (laughs) feels like the pros. You know what I mean? I'm glad to hear that. Well, because we're all DIY around here. Let's face it. Between you, me, and... Shelly on social media and whatever else you do. God, angels, and these witnesses. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we're just winging it. And to be able to feel like we are at Dak Shepard's level or Joe Rogan's level, audio-wise, in my opinion, uh, is amazing to me. Yeah. So, Dan, seriously. Hey, thank you. Clap for Dan. You know... When Dan wrote the letter and it was like, hey, I'm ex-Mormon, choose me. I mean, it was yeah. not quite that, but sort of. Pretty much. You have his voice down <laughs> That perfectly. was totally Dan's voice. <laughs> there was something about us knowing that he was ex-Mormon that would be like, hey, he's going to understand the humor. He's going to understand, you know, the jabs. Yeah. It just it was a good fit. For sure. Yeah. I thought so, too. And the lesbian part. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I was really, really glad to hear you get back to me and. It's been two years now. 
You realize that? Wow. wow. Almost, almost exactly. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, because I was trying to do all the editing. Sure. And trying to do any sort of sound. I, I'm not great at mixing and all that stuff. Like, that's just not my forte. It's not in my wheelhouse. It's very particular. It is particular. If you listen to the first episode, you can kind of hear when Dan comes on board because <laughs> magically, for sure. For sure. Uh, you know, the sound starts getting better and better as we improve our equipment and Dan's like, I got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, 17 or 18 was the first one that I fully worked on. Right on. I think you're right. So that's how we met. Uh, it was love at first email, pretty oh. much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dan sent us a picture of himself, and he was wearing plaid. And I'm like, dude, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And I, <laughs> I want to know, Dan, did you wear that plaid to kind of make us want to pick you? Because it's a very lesbian thing, the whole plaid. Oh, is it? What do no, you mean, oh, is it? Everyone knows this, <laughs> Dan. <laughs> I think it depends on the lesbian. Oh, okay. Well, uh-huh. I, live, I live in the Pacific Northwest, so it's also kind of that thing. Ah, well, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> That's what got Shelly. I did. <laughs> like, this guy's wearing plaid. Well, we'll have to use that uh, picture for our social media artwork. The thumbnail? Mm-hmm. You got it. Somehow, your name became Leave It In Dan, and yeah. that has kind of taken off. Like, they don't even refer to you as Dan. They <laughs> right. refer to you as Leave It In Dan. I love it. So, you're welcome for your new name. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. I don't even remember how that's started. I don't know. Something about me saying thank you for leaving it in Dan because we'll record and Mary will say something really stupid like she always does (laughs) and which she usually clips out to make herself look better, Uh sound better and then I'm always like leave that in Dan, leave it in Dan. I think that's how that started. That is how it started. Yeah. (laughs) So where should we, speaking of getting started, where should we get started with the story of Dan Fury? Well, I was born into a family that was a member of the church for at least a couple of generations. At least on my dad's side, I think the late 1800s is when somebody converted. Shit. So growing up, there was only one cousin who was not a member of the church. And one of my grandmothers, I think she was technically a member. I think she was baptized, but she smoked cigarettes and drank coffee. So she wasn't... At a girl. At a girl. At a girl. But that was it. Everyone else in my family was Mormon, and it's, especially on my mother's side, a huge family. I have so many cousins that I don't know just how many there are. It's okay, because you're sealed to them. Well, not anymore, I guess. (laughs) Oh, right on, right on. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, that was my existence. I mean, I played the part, and I got baptized when I was eight, as if I had a choice, really. Right. I was a Boy Scout. I became an Eagle Scout. I went to seminary. I did all that until I didn't have to anymore. And then I just didn't. How old were you? The last time I remember going to church, even for just sacrament meeting, was 21 about. Mm -hmm. But I was already just, I couldn't wait to not go ever again. Did you serve a mission? I did not. Oh, black sheep. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, much to the disappointment of my family. Wow. What was that like? It didn't feel great because I knew that's what would make my family proud of me. Yeah. But... I just couldn't get it out of my head that, you know, if I could convince myself that I could do this just to make my family proud, especially my father, then I would do it. But I can't. I can't go out there and preach this as the one true gospel because I really don't have that conviction. And how fair would that be to me or to them to go out there and do that? I just I just couldn't do it. Yeah. 
Good for you. That's a hard thing. I, I know that there are a lot of missionaries who yeah. go out knowing it's not true, or at least not believing in it. Mm-hmm. But the fear of disappointing the family is so strong, they just go. Yeah. And I, I get that. I'm not dogging on them at all. Yeah. Like I get it. That's how strong the pressure is. What was it in you, or was there a certain part of Mormonism where you were like, this must not be true. I can't go preach this. What were you struggling with? You know, I wish that I had done the research that I have done to figure out why I could say it wasn't true. Gotcha. Mm. It never fully sunk in. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy going to church. I didn't enjoy all of the things that you had to do in order to be really considered a, a member. Here's a secret, Dan. Nobody enjoys that shit. Nobody. I know. <laughs> I've, I've definitely learned that. But honestly, I remember one of the first things that really rubbed me the wrong way was there was a young woman who, she'd been my babysitter a few times when I was younger. And I remember when she was like in her early 20s, she was single and had to go to the singles ward. And people would talk about her as if she was, for whatever reason, different, not quite good enough. Mm. Like she needed to find a husband. She needed to do whatever she had to do in order to get herself a husband so she could have a family and fulfill her womanly duty or whatever. Yeah. So was she considered an old maid already? I guess so. That's that's really what it felt like. Mm. That's how it felt like she was treated. And I did not see that as fair at all. And then I considered, what if that was my sister? What if that was my cousin or whatever? Wow. And we're supposed to believe that we're all brothers and sisters. Yeah. So That says a lot about you, Dan, that you actually saw the mistreatment of someone outside of yourself. And that's when you're like, this is shit. You know, most people, it takes them really suffering themselves to be like, this is shit. But for you to see someone else, that's good of you. That's good of you, Dan. That sounds like empathy to is me. Is that empathy? I think it Ready is. Go, right on. I guess so. Good job. <laughs> I also remember I was in, um, I want to say I was what was called a priest mm-hmm. at the time, 16 to 18. And I had just seen, I think it was MTV True Life. Mm-hmm. And there was a young man who said that, he had undergone conversion therapy, Oof. this shock treatment, mm-hmm. because he identified as homosexual, and that was not okay, and yeah. they had to change him. And they went through those lengths to try and change him. Yeah. yeah. And I brought that up to my priesthood leader, who pretty much just said, there's no way that that's true. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I believed that kid. Sure. And it turns out, of course, that's true. Yeah. Of course, they've done that. I mean, I had some gay friends when I was growing up, and... I just didn't see them the way that the church did. Yeah. So I couldn't get behind that either. I really think that a lot of people in the Mormon church, because there's a lot of just really good people, kind-hearted people, I think they just don't really know what goes on. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. And that's unfortunate, but way to go, Mormon church, for hiding all your shit. Yeah, for a long time. Yeah, I think a lot of members, if they really knew the pain and really the torture uh, and the guilt feelings and the shame that so many people endure, if they knew that, they'd be like, what the fuck, you know? But those people that are experiencing that generally don't speak up right. when they should. Right. And if they do, they're usually not believed. Just like your priest's quorum leader was like, no, nah, that doesn't happen. Well, Because why yeah. would you think it would? It's horrible. And you can't imagine that your church that you were born into, that your parents believed in, that's the one true, they would never do anything horrible. Uh, Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) So where did Fury come from? So in high school, I was in a band and we called ourselves Red Eye Fury. A band? A band. Oh, shit. What'd you play or were you the singer? I played guitar. 
in that band, and I, I think I did some some backup vocals. Very cool. Cool. Bass guitar or regular guitar. I think they. Guitar. I think gotcha. you would probably just say bass. Oh, okay. I would. I play bass now. I played bass guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Let me push my glasses up. <laughs> hey, my oldest son plays bass guitar. <laughs> bass guitar. Okay, so you played in a band, and then what happened? Yeah, so that band broke up, and then the singer and I, we decided we were going to do a different project just together, and we would call it The Furies. Mm. And I would be Dan Fury, and he would be Armando Fury. That would be our stage names. And that never really happened, but I liked the name. I liked that I could be identified in a way of my choosing outwardly. Yeah. And I just kind of adopted that. So... Basically, my whole adult life, I've been known as Dan Fury. If someone who knew who I was growing up were to Google my legal name, you really don't get much. So I've, I kind of have an anonymity to myself, and then what I choose to be myself out there is what's out there. So do you like that? I do. That anonymity? That's a yeah. hard word to say. <laughs> and I, I feel like I did that at just the right time, because I don't think you can really do that the same way now. Mm-hmm. Because that was early 2000s. The internet has changed quite a bit since then. True. True. So your shelf broke, basically. You didn't go on a mission. You left the church. I'm sure it was a more drawn out process. But yeah, what was that like for your family? The, the family members that remained, I'm imagining, in the church. Yes. Basically, it felt like a don't ask, don't tell situation for a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. People would ask, you know, when I wasn't living at home anymore, do you go to church? I would say, no, not really. People would try to point out where local congregations were. A few times I had young single adult ward members come to where I was living because somebody had updated my address with the church's business department. Oh, they'll track your ass down. Yeah, they did. And I had to put my foot down. And I was living with other people. They don't know what's going on. They have nothing to do with this. They're showing up at our door. Mm. It's not appropriate. I don't want to see that anymore. Yeah. They were in denial. I was going through a phase and maybe I would come back at some point. And to be honest, I kind of did too, because really my shelf didn't break back then. I really didn't understand exactly why it was so wrong. It didn't feel right. And so I didn't go with it. Mm. It wasn't until much later that I decided to do the work and actually have the reasons why it wasn't for me, why I could say that it, it wasn't correct and be able to talk with my family openly about that, which I do now. And it's a very slow process, but it wasn't a clean break back then. It, it took a while. Yeah. So do you try to talk to your family now about some of the research that you did that drew you to that conclusion? I do. And I would have expected it to be worse than it has been. Hmm. I have two sisters, one who went on a mission, but has now left the church. Good girl. Yeah. Her name is Lisa. Good girl, Lisa. And she's a, a listener of yours as well. She's of a fan. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> She'll love that. My other sister, she is still in. She lives in Utah, so she's, she's in it. Mm-hmm. But I talked to her and my mother, and it's interesting the kind of things that they also don't know. Right. Or don't understand really are true. They're not anti-Mormon lies. Right. And it's frustrating to see things that they do recognize don't make sense, but they just brush it away. Yeah. There is an explanation for that. I don't know what it is, but right. this this is true. And paying my tithing gives me blessings. And you'll never convince me that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Wow. But they are very loving. They are very 
they've been great about it, honestly, for the most part. Yeah, that's good. I get that. You know, my family, we've kind of reconnected me with two of my brothers. And we, at this point, have a great relationship. We love each other. We joke. We laugh. But there's still this thing. You know, we don't touch the whole Mormon topics. And I'm always just like, how can you guys believe this? You're Mm -hmm. smart people. You know, one's a doctor and and one's a computer guy. And Mm -hmm. it's mind-boggling. But then again, I believed. So it's one of those things where you just kind of have to let it go as frustrating as it is. Because no amount of telling them all the things that are wrong with it will make them change until they start looking into, until they start doubting themselves. It's hard to make someone start to doubt. They have to do it on their own. Yeah, and the church does a very good job of convincing you that you don't have to worry about that. Yep. That you actually do know what is true. Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about other people. Yeah. Yeah, and if you get some sort of inkling that it isn't true, then that's a bad spirit or something, isn't it? Right. (laughs) Doubt your doubts. That's right. Right. That's right. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So, Dan, how did you get into audio editing, mixing, the whole business? Yeah. So that actually leads to when I do this research and find all this stuff out finally. So I guess it's been about six years ago now. A couple friends were early adopters of the idea of podcasting, and they knew that I had some experience in producing video stuff and capability with audio and video editing programs. And they just kind of knew I was a fairly sensible person. So they asked me to produce this show for them. Podcasting is not something I had done. I I listened to podcasts, but I was intrigued. So we started doing this show and it was based on choosing a topic that we had little to no real knowledge about, but we were very, very curious about. Hmm. So that the two of them would do a deep dive into this topic. And then we would come together and I would sit with them and kind of act as the listener by proxy. Okay. The goal was at the end of the episode, the listener has the fundamental understanding of the topic. Gotcha. So we called it The Fundamentals, Mm -hmm. which was a perfectly appropriate name at the time. But over the years, The Fundamentals is not a very specific Googleable term. I found that got in the way of things. So now it's called Everywhere You Go is Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Which is a play on Everywhere You Go, There You Are. Yeah. But the fundamentals is the series within the show. Gotcha. So we, we've done episodes on Scientology, Transcendental Meditation, biographies like Orson Welles, Bobby Fischer. We did some on online dating, a variety of stuff. Online dating never works, by the way. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> That's how I met Mary. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's very interesting. That's actually one of the ones I, the production of which I'm kind of proud of because we kind of went out and interviewed people while they were on dates at bars. <laughs> oh, shit. That's awesome. Wait, how do I find that episode? So everywhere you go is bullshit.com. Okay. Is where you can find the links to all those things. Sweet. And just before we get into all the other things we might get into, since I knew we were going to be talking about all this stuff and there's so many different things, I actually created a website so that all of my stuff is in the same place. Oh, that's smart. Mr. Smarty Pants. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go to Dan Lee Fury. L-E-E dot com. One word, Dan Lee Fury. Dan Lee Fury. All the music and podcasts and stuff that I do is all You hear that, listeners? You're about to have, you your, web, you're about to have your website crashed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to put that in the show description, too. So oh, I also you. can yeah. reference that. Very cool. So as we were doing this, every once in a while it would come up, say when we were talking about Scientology and even like Jehovah's Witness, we did an episode on, it would come up that I had been 
Mormon. Mm. And I think I even took that out most of the time. Because <laughs> no, I leave didn't. that in, Dan. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> I considered, what if we were to do an episode of that? Do I really have enough information and understanding about it to be a resource which they would expect me to be. Okay, so wait, you were still in the church at this time? I was technically a member. Okay. But I just I just hadn't you just hadn't been involved. Gone. Yeah. Gotcha. You hadn't quite gone down that road of how do I explain that it's a fucked up cult? No. <laughs> gotcha. I hadn't. <laughs> gotcha. I guess I just intuitively knew that yeah. mm-hmm. but didn't put in the work to explain it. Gotcha. So eventually I decided that we would do that and that I needed to find out what were the reasons other people had left? What were the reasons that they had determined that this was a sham? That mm-hmm. Joseph Smith was not a prophet. He did not find golden plates. He did not translate the book of Abraham. And what are the weird things even members don't know or are unaware of right. or ignore? So I quickly found plenty that confirmed to me that, in fact, it, it was not true. Yeah, you can debunk the church in, in like a, a two-minute Google search. Um, <laughs> Nowadays. Yeah, Nowadays yeah, yeah. you can. Correct. But the church tells people, do not Google your questions. Because mm-hmm. they know. They know that it's bullshit. They know that yeah. the real answers are out there, and they don't want anybody seeing it because then they'll lose membership yeah. and lose tithing. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, Dan, is that you are realizing that it is all fake. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, he was starting Absolutely. to think so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was. <laughs> Wow. So that's how, what happened. How long ago was that? Uh, that was about three years now. Oh, oh. that's not that long. Wait, so then no. we we started working with you only a year... Into your faith right. crisis. <laughs> Into your faith yeah. crisis. Well, the discovery of why it was bullshit. You were already... Yeah, it was yeah. more of a discovery and a confirmation than... A, I never really had a crisis about it. Yeah. Except dealing with my family. Because going back to choosing a different name, I was always a different diminished, reduced version of myself around my family than mm-hmm. I was anywhere else. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And that that was hard. And after I had started to do this and I had things I wanted to confirm with them and, and converse with them about, I decided that I just couldn't keep lying to them about who I was and who I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it was a slow process, but we've definitely gotten to the point where I really don't feel like that anymore. That's good. It takes some time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so hard because in a way, we're in the same boat as our family members. So we're viewing them as, how can you believe that stuff? And they're viewing us as, how can you not believe this stuff? (laughs) Right. It's the same thing in a way. I know I I still deal with it with my mother all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Shelly and her family, same thing. Yeah, I mean, my my family doesn't put pressure on me to come back to the church at this point because they know that's nowhere near right. a, a possibility. Yeah. But, you know, my parents will still talk about church stuff. It's a don't ask, don't tell situation. It is, for sure. It's a don't ask, yeah. don't tell. Um, Definitely. There was a lot of asking and telling <laughs> initially, <laughs> um, but got to the point of like, yeah, fuck it, you, you know— Peace be unto you or some shit. Yeah. Well, there's like that initial coming out experience that you have to do with family who are Mm -hmm. super Mm -hmm. religious, where Mm -hmm. you have to admit to them that I don't feel this way anymore. I am different than you. That's really hard. Yeah. And then they react and then you react to their reaction and then they react to the reaction. Yeah. yeah, And then you feel like a black sheep. Yeah. 
and then, you know, potentially you're the only one of your siblings out of the church. And then mm-hmm. it's like you stick out as being this big sinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's real hard. Yeah, crush that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky for Dan, he dragged Lisa out. That's right. Well, you know, that's that's been a sticking point with the family as well, because she became this example. Oh, no. This very faithful example, very knowledgeable she chose to go on a mission. Yeah, she, instead of... she served the mission that you didn't, Dan. Exactly. <laughs> and so everyone was just so proud of her. Mm. And then when I was learning these things, I knew she would be the first person I could talk to. Mm-hmm. Because we already had a close relationship. Definitely the closest of our family. We related to each other more. Our personalities were much more similar than our other sister, for mm. whatever reason. So there's three of you? There is. Okay. Yeah. So they're both younger. Lisa is almost 11 years younger. Gotcha. And the other one is uh, three years younger than I am. So I would talk to her and I would ask her, do you know this? For instance, do you know that fragments of the papyrus that Joseph Smith said were the book of Abraham written by him on this papyrus were actually found in the 60s? <laughs> and even, even Mormon Egyptologists will confirm that nothing on that papyrus has anything to do with Abraham or anything to do with anything that's written in what is known as the Book of Abraham. Wait, what? Just kidding. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait a second. That was my last clinging to the truthfulness shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you just blew my entire testimony, Dan. <laughs> well, that's one of the biggest ones yeah. to me. We have the material. We have what Joseph Smith said it was, and it clearly is not So they have to go through such lengths and such leaps of logic in order to get around the fact that it just isn't what he said it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she she didn't know that that existed. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't teach that in Relief Society. I don't know if you... They sure do not. (laughs) Do that or not. No. (laughs) That's one of those things that they could bury for quite a long time until they just couldn't anymore because anyone can know that Mm -hmm. pretty, pretty quickly. Yep, the interwebs. So we would have long discussions about the theology, the doctrine, how it didn't make any sense, mm-hmm. all of these stories about how the Book of Mormon was basically assembled sure, and built upon these other things. It wasn't just copied from the view of the Hebrews. It wasn't just copied from this or that. Just like Joseph Smith did with many things, he amalgamated them into this thing, said that it was from these ancient gold plates that nobody actually ever really saw. Right. And so at first she would not argue with me, but give the, the faithful response and mm-hmm. try kind of to explain it to me and to herself. But she's a more intellectually honest person than I think anyone else really attempts to be in our family. Did your family know that you were having these conversations with your sister? Because that freaked out mine. Yeah, okay. Not at first. And I made it clear from the beginning. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. I'm not trying to take you out. It's just... If you have an answer to this, I'd like to hear it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know this, I wonder why not. Yeah. Mm. So it was that for a few months. And then she kind of started to let more of it sink in. Mm -hmm. And then she did her own investigation and would come to me with points and questions. I honestly did not think, I thought if it was possible that she would ever decide it wasn't true, that she would ever leave, it would probably be years it probably wouldn't happen. But within a year, she was well on her way. And at a girl, Lisa, at a girl. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously the family is like 
and I would totally expect this, it's all my fault. Sure. Mm. But really, it's not. I just... Of course it's not. I mean, I just opened the door. She's an adult. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she used her agency, which we all have. Yeah, I was very fortunate that I was able to talk with her about that and that she found her herself in the same position and and she's had i think a much more fulfilling life since then everybody does everybody right? does she's been struggling yeah she's honestly course. struggled with yeah. you know because she really did believe yeah mm, yeah no. so shelly this sounds like a good time for a break i agree we'll be right back and we're back hello going back to uh your family blaming you When I left, my family blamed my husband at the time. Mm. When any of my close friends left, their parents blamed me, you know? Mm. You you can't actually, I think as a Mormon parent, come to terms with your child leaving the one true church. You have to blame someone. They were led astray by the devil. Or their friend who left, they told them lies, and that's why they left. Typically, they don't actually say, oh— my son found out this information that is true, which proves that this church is wrong. Yeah. They have to have some kind of scapegoat. The devil made him do it. Oh, it it's a bad sister. spirit every single time, probably. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and in a way that kind of diminishes, you know, the mind or the, the brain of your sister. For them to assume that it was you that made her leave, it's like, well, she's not just a stupid lamb or stupid sheep, just, I'm going to do whatever, leave it in Dan does. You know, <laughs> that didn't happen. I'm sure, I know that she looked into it and came to the conclusion on her own, so. Yeah, and they do now. And I, I think that will get more clear over time as she speaks with them more. Yeah. So what's helped, I think, it's helped her, it's helped me. And because... For instance, my sister listens to it. Lisa and I have been doing a podcast for the last year or so. Nice. That we call Siblings in Zion. (laughs) That's a good one. I like it. I like it. (laughs) And so we've talked through her transition. We read our patriarchal blessings on an episode, which was really interesting to see the difference between mine and hers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my sister's listened to that and heard a lot of the logic Mm -hmm. and the, the facts. And we don't just talk about Mormonism and the doctrine. We kind of leap off from that into other philosophical ideas and existentialism and atheism. And, you know, if it's not what we thought it was, what could it be? Mm-hmm. What's really the point? Right. We both have some anxiety about death. Yeah. And that comes up a lot. I feel that. Yeah. I've, I feel like I've worked through that a little more. You know, I've been around a little bit longer than her and she's kind of struggling a little bit more with that at the moment. So we did an episode on this book called The Denial of Death. Have you read this? No. uh -uh. It's by Ernest Becker, and it was a Pulitzer Prize winning book from the early 70s. I mean, it's a little dark, but it gets into the real human necessity to deny that you are a creature that dies and understanding all the ways in which we deny that every day, unconsciously, consciously. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was really interesting. Let's check that out. Yeah, I think fear of death is probably pretty common, Mm -hmm. especially for those who have left a high-demand religion, because you didn't have to think about it. It was all figured out for you. You didn't have to decide, well, what will happen to me? That's the most important thing, I would would say, about having a a faith like that, is that you don't have to worry about your death, because it's not the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just the beginning. All the good stuff comes after that. Mm. All the plural wives. Yeah, all the wives. 
the thousand years of temple work that you're going to do. God, that's so damn boring. (laughs) But even in a thousand years, you wouldn't get all that shit done. Come on. No, No. of course not. (laughs) God. Absolutely ridiculous. That sounds horrible. And if God's such a loser that he can't like snap his fingers and have all the temple work done, then what the right? Like honestly, (laughs) that's one of those things that really because I did baptisms for the dead. Yep, I was in that temple, and I get what people say when they feel the spirit Mm -hmm. in that situation. Mm -hmm. The building is beautiful. It's ornate. It's quiet, and it's reverent, and it's expensive. It's very expensive, (laughs) but it's all just. Busy work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's pointless. Yep. Time suck. Yeah. Absolutely. A- and a money suck because you got to pay your tithing to get in there of and course. do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're only getting in there if you've paid your way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they make it seem so special. The most special. Right. So what if you're, you know, a Mormon who somehow never makes it through the temple? That's a thing, right? No, you get sealed oh, yeah. to someone in the afterlife. They'll just pick you one. Because you got to be sealed. You have to be married to right, someone to live for eternity with, and hang yeah. out with God and not have a TK smoothie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be married. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I never did do the endowment, thankfully. I resigned a, about a year and a half ago. No, two years ago. Dan, but you— Now that I know— You edited our episodes. You yeah, know you heard what goes all on it. in there, Dan. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I know. Shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> But I, I, I really do wonder what I would have done had, say, I decided uh, to go on a mission. And before 2005 or six, when they made those changes, I would have gone through. Yeah. Having no idea what I was going to face, what would I have done? If you were already kind of doubting and not super into it, you probably would have freaked the fuck out. I mean, you wouldn't have left during the so. session because nobody does. You would have no. continued, but been like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, the whole time. What just happened? Yep. Mm. What did I sign up for? You already have your new name, so that's (laughs) taken care of. (laughs) If Fury was one of like the 12 new names they would actually assign out, I think I might go back and just keep going just to try to get that new name. Well, nowadays, you can just look up what name you're going to get on any day of the week. That's true. Oh, then you can plan pick, your trip. You can pick when you go. Fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, mine was Emma. It's not bad. It's pretty good, actually. There's there's worse. <laughs> you can pick sure, a day <laughs> that corresponds to a name you like. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me is there's no divinity going on at all. Yeah, that's how not divine it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're as Tuesday in the second week of the month. That's uh, Hannah. Right. Yeah. It's Bartholomew. Bartholomew. Okay, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So tell us more about this podcast you have going with your sister. We've been doing it in seasons so that we don't feel the push to be doing something all the time, just when we feel like producing it. Shit, okay. we so, should have done that, Mary. I know, right? <laughs> Damn it. Too late. <laughs> too late. <laughs> We're about to finish the second season. The first one we went through, Baptisms for the Dead. We did the endowment, her experience in the temple. And then we started moving on into more abstract ideas like prayer versus probability Hmm. and how, you know, lots of people think that they are praying to their God and he is listening. And if you get the result that you're hoping for, that was God. Right. Rather than anything else. Well, and also if you don't get the result, that was also God. God teaching you a lesson or you need to learn something from not getting that job or whatever. did you not have enough faith? That's true. Or it's your fault. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, who knows? You either didn't have enough faith, God was trying to teach you a lesson, or maybe you were praying about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And if you did happen to get that job because your resume kicked ass, no, no, it was right. God giving you that job. Right. Yeah. That's a perfect example. She was applying 
for jobs. She was applying to grad school. She was accomplishing and gathering these things for herself. But to anyone who was praying for her that such a thing would happen, they get to take credit for doing the work to give her a blessing. Oh, geez, Mm -hmm. you're right. Rather than she made it happen. Yep. That makes me think of my mom and dad. Our listeners know this by now. My mom and dad are in a retirement community, and both have basically lost their minds. My dad can't remember anything, really. Mm. Um, He's super anxious. Anyway, he is constantly asking for blessings. Constantly. He gets a blessing probably every week or two from someone there at the facility. A woman? No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You silly girl. We don't have any powers and priesthoods. We don't have shit but a womb. Just asking. Anyway, he keeps asking for these blessings. And it's so frustrating for me to watch that. I'm like, Dad, these don't do shit. Yeah. They don't because he'll be in a little better spirits for, you know, a half hour afterward because he thinks that he's going to be cured because these blessings are all like, you'll get your memory back and blah, blah, blah. That shit ain't happening. No. That's not fair. It's not. And so I think it just drives him deeper into why is God not listening? Why am I not being healed? Why It just, it adds to his anxiety and his depression. For sure. And he could be thinking, what's wrong with me? Am I not faithful enough? Absolutely. why is God turning his back on me? Who knows? Of course he's thinking that. And that also, it's a slap in the face to the doctors of the medicines that are helping him basically not die. Um, the CBD gummies that are helping him with his anxiety that he doesn't know they're CBD. Um, right. him, him, I know. Uh, sorry, Dad, if you're listening, which he's not. Uh, also, the nutrition of the foods that we are making him eat so he doesn't starve. In his mind, he he shouldn't have to do all this shit because the blessing, the blessing said he would regain his memory. Yeah. So basically, God sucks and does not actually answer prayers. Or he's, he's just not there. There you go. Mm-hmm. God himself, Elohim, mm-hmm. seems to be not really involved. Oh, for sure. Return and report. Tell me what's going on. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Because you're exactly right. So we did the temple episodes and it's yeah. like, poor Jesus is sitting there having to give messages from Peter, James, and John and then tell God mm-hmm. and back and forth and his, he's getting whiplash. Like, God, what the fuck? Aren't you paying any attention? Seriously, it's what the are most you doing? boring script. It is. It's real bad. <laughs> Another one of the episodes that we did, which was Almost frustrating because of, you know, Lisa's Mormon brain would kick in and and try to explain why it makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. But we talked about the Mm pre-existence and the resurrection and how there could have been anything like an existence before existence, like Peter, James, and John. How would they be Peter, James, and John before (laughs) they ever existed? Mm -hmm. Exactly. How are you already someone when you have to become someone through your mortal life? Well, yeah, here's Peter's name wasn't Go even Peter. It was Simon. Yeah, that's true. Jesus renamed him. So what <sighs> gifts? We still start to think know. it's all fake. Yeah. <laughs> the more we talk about it, the more we realize <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're much a hogwash. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I kind of believe in a different concept of God at this point. So what do you feel now, Dan? What's your spirituality like? Mm. Well, I, I've gathered from a lot of different places, and I don't think it's necessary to believe that there is a creator, a being that made your being mm-hmm. or the earth or anything like that. And Mormonism is unique, it seems, because they believe that matter cannot be created or destroyed. So there's always been something. Okay. And they also believe that Elohim is not God, capital G, God prime. There are gods before him. Mm-hmm. He had a body. He had this eternal progression. So how far back does it go? They say that intelligence is are eternal. They've always been there. So how is it that 
hard to go from that to there's just always been something that mm-hmm. it wasn't created. Mm-hmm. So wait a minute. This is the first time hearing there are multiple gods. Mormons believe in multiple oh, yeah. gods. Oh, yeah. Well, you know that like if you die and you have a bunch of wives, you get to be a god. Mm-hmm. How so do we god, not pray to that person? The best of the best. The best of the best. <laughs> so God that they believe in was once a man, right? Yeah. As man is, God once was. Right. And as god, god is, is man may become. Yes. Good so how quote, do you know which quote. god you're... You're worshiping if there's It depends millions. on your race. So that was something that I actually was taught, right? <laughs> really? That the races come from um, God's different wives. Did you ever hear that, Dan? <laughs> no. Oh, shit. It's a no. good one. I don't remember where I heard it, but I heard it that a few good. times. And we, oh I have had God. other Mormon or ex-Mormon people in my life tell me that they were taught that as well. Just when you think this shit can't get wackier. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is lucky that God had so many different raced wives. So that they could be different countries and okay. cultures. Yeah. That's what you were taught? That, yeah. Okay. That's how it had to make sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, of course they look different because God had different wives. Of course. But that still doesn't explain why there's multiple gods. That explains there's no. one God with a bunch of different women. And that's our God. Yeah. Of right. this world and many others. But he had a God before him. And he had a body and he did the same thing that we're supposed to do. But at what point does this start? So is he still reporting up? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Does well, he have that, autonomy? Who's in his upline? Yeah. <laughs> it said confused. that the plan of salvation was by a council of gods. Oh, that's right. Huh. But wait, were they the first ones that had to come up with a plan? But they exactly, were Exactly. Because how did egg. they become... Yeah, exactly. So I don't see a need to ascribe to any form of that belief. Gotcha. I, I don't think it's it's hard to just accept that like every other living thing around us, we come from the earth, not from outside of it. And we go back to it. And we're not a spirit riding around in our head, looking out of our eyes. We're not our body. We're the consciousness that inhabits it. That was kind of creepy thinking about the spirit that rides around in our I head know, right? and looks out through the eyes. <laughs> I might have nightmares tonight. Thanks, Dan. Like a Power Ranger? Yes. Of... <laughs> but that's what we think a lot of people think that we are, even if we yeah. don't believe in a God, we think like there's a separate self inside of this body that mm-hmm. maybe goes somewhere else or has some other existence. Well, and who knows? But I do know if you were to explain your beliefs to an active Mormon, they would be like, oh, that's horrible. What a sad belief. What? I mean, they would right. feel so sorry for you. Like, how could you even be happy? But I have been honestly a happier, more content person since coming to that understanding than I ever was before. When I even had a doubt or difficult time understanding anything else as to where I come from or what's going to happen to me, I have less anxiety about that and more understanding that this is the life that Dan gets to live. Life is living me right now. And I didn't even have a choice. I didn't, I didn't choose to be alive. Mm-hmm. You could call it a miracle that any of us exist. So just enjoy that. That's interesting that you say that. I remember um, when I would fight with my parents when I was a teenager, I would always say something like, I didn't choose to be alive. You know, yeah. that sounds and like a great teenage thing to say. It is a great teenage right. thing to say. I think everyone's <laughs> yelled at their parents. And of course, then I was sat down to and talked about how in the pre-existence, we all chose our you families. And Yeah. I'm like, why would I choose this family? <laughs> yeah, you people exactly. suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, think of, think of all the people who have lived horrible existences yeah. that they had no choice in. 
Yeah, they choose that? Come on. Well, and Mormons would say, well, you needed to learn something from that. Like, who would choose to learn something by being born into, like, extreme poverty where you starve Mm -hmm. at the age of two or, or, you know, war-torn? Like, who would pick that and what in the world are you learning? And what are you learning if you're like—and this is morbid—what are you learning if you were, let's say, murdered at age one? Like, what did you even—why? So it doesn't make sense to me that you were like, oh, here's a lesson I need to learn. Okay, I'm going to be born into that country that's in the middle of a civil war. and Like, who does that? It doesn't make sense. No, it does not. That's my take on it. I don't think much of this religion makes sense, if (laughs) I can be honest here. (laughs) Like I said, I I do understand— admiring the facade of what the church is. Mm-hmm. People who nowadays really, truly believe it and love it, they think about the Jesus that's painted by, uh, oh, shoot, I forgot his name. You know the portrait. White Jesus wearing the red robe. Yes, yeah. with kind of kind of reddish <laughs> hair. Yes. That's their Jesus. Yep. And they think of the temple mm-hmm. and how beautiful it all is. But that doesn't matter if that metaphorical temple is built on a foundation of absolute Bullshit. Right. And corruption and misogyny and narcissism. And look at that before you really appreciate what you're looking at on top of it. Right. They just like to look at the pretty stuff, yeah. on, the, the pretty sparkly stuff, yeah. and not actually analyze what it really is. Because it's ugly. Oh, yeah. Whenever I think about Joseph Smith and Mormonism and the temple and everything, I really picture every single time the Wizard of Oz because I picture <laughs> the Emerald City as the temple. I yeah. picture the wizard behind the curtain as Joseph Smith, because if you remember before the tornado, that same character was a snake oil salesman. Mm-hmm. Also as a fortune teller. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. He is like the scam artist that Dorothy happens upon in the wilderness before the, or like near her house or whatever, before the tornado hits. And that to me is Joseph Smith. Yep, that's pretty appropriate. All right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Granting a bunch of fake blessings to people. <laughs> right? Yeah. And exactly. you get a heart and you get a brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Dan, what have we missed about who you are? And what are we doing going forward? Tell us what you've got planned. Well, the podcast Everywhere You Go is Bullshit has kind of been on a hiatus because we insist that we do that together in person and we just haven't been able to do that. But there's a whole bunch of episodes out there to check out. Uh, Siblings in Zion is about to wrap up season two, but we're going to keep going with that. I am in a band that is currently known as Umbrella Man, one word, and you can find that at the website as well. Sweet. Should be some new music coming out from that. Besides working on other podcasts for other people, I also do some music mastering for other artists. Mm. And there's been a, several of those that have come out the last year. Very cool. ExtensionAudio.com has credits and examples of what I've done. I'm just hoping to keep doing that, keep working with you guys. It's honestly been a real pleasure to be able to do this. I love that I get to be involved, and I love you guys. Aw, we love you. And also, we yeah. love that uh, while we record, sometimes we'll just talk to you. Yeah, I like that, too. <laughs> like, Dan, hey. <laughs> it's been great to actually get to speak with you for really the first time. Yeah, it's true. I know. Yeah, yeah we just email back and forth. Dan and I yeah. are email buddies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just talk through the podcast to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this has been great. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yes, thank Absolutely. You. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, so we're going to take a commercial break. And uh, when we come back, at the end of the show, we're going to thank you again. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're going to thank you a lot in this episode. We really appreciate you being part of our journey and 
your input and also your audio mastery. Love all of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And thank you. All right. Thanks, Dan. Keep leaving it in. I will. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic. Let's, uh, yeah, go ahead and take that commercial break and get into some patrons and channel members when we get back. All righty. Let's do it. We're back. What do we got going on, Scheller? Well, we have once again five patrons. Five patrons. <laughs> Lucky number exactly five. five. But we need to come up with how we're going to celebrate their new last names that we're giving them. Audio names? Audio. <laughs> I don't know what that means right this second. Oh, we're going we're gonna, <laughs> to figure hey, it out. This was your idea. You're naming okay. all of them. Okay. Ready? Patron number one, Sarah A. Audio. God, that was too easy. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Audio. Sarah Audio. That's your new name. That was kind of perfect. It kind of was. That was a tender mercy. Thank you. (laughs) Fake Jesus for your tender mercy. Next, Julia G. I'm dying to say Julia Gulia. That's funny. Oh, you know what? The wedding singer. Julia Gulia? So her name was Julia, and the total douchebag she was supposed to marry's last name was Gulia. So her name was going to be Julia Gulia. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Remind <laughs> me to tell you a story one time about my aunt who would have been named Kerwin Irwin. No. Okay. Yep. It's a long story, but that's I'll tell bad. you sometime. Okay. Well, Julia mm-hmm. needs a new last name, starting with G, having to do with audio. Well, you know, I record our podcast in GarageBand. Oh, that's actually a cool last name. <laughs> Julia GarageBand. <laughs> wow. I'm kind of jealous of that one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am. Next is Emily D. D. Decibel. <laughs> You're way too good at this. I'm coming up with them. <laughs> All right. Emily Decibel. Way to be. Loud? <laughs> Turn it up. <laughs> Turn <Emily>. up the decibels. <laughs> Turn up the volume. Next is Deb F. Frequency. Oh my God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Deb, what's your frequency? <laughs> We're going to dial it in, Deb. <laughs> All right. Last one has no last initial. Oh. It's Shell, C H E L. Maybe short for Michelle, but I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Shell. You know, I'm going to go with equalizer. Oh, God. Shell is the equalizer. <laughs> I like it. It's either that or compressor. I like equalizer better. <laughs> Let's go with equalizer. I okay. like equalizer. Ooh, that was nice. fun. It was fun. Don't relax just yet. We have a channels member. Mm, okay. You ready? I'm, I'm going to try. New channels member, Amy S. S? You can't use sound. That's just, no. Okay. Nope. All right. Oh, can I do this one? Okay, sure. Synthesizer. Sure-ish. <laughs> it makes sound. I mean, if you use it, like, for background in your sound stuff. Yep, absolutely. I want to give her a middle name. Uh-huh. This is Amy 80s Synthesizer, like 1980s. <laughs> Amy 80s Synthesizer, thank you for joining us on thank channel. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks to everyone. For joining, if you would like information on how to support our podcast, we would love that. Please visit latterdaylesbian.org slash support. Thanks in advance. Just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Yep. Do we have any more, anything we need to announce before we sign off here? I don't think so. We just have to thank Dan from Extension Audio one more time. Oh, Dan got a lot of, got got a lot lot of loving today. He a did. Lot of thanks. Got all yeah. the love. Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you, Dan. <laughs> thank you, Dan. And everybody, as usual, please steer clear of cults because they're no joke. No joke at all. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>